Welcome to Beltaloda, the officially unofficial podcast for The Expanse on Amazon Prime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 5, Episode 5, titled Down and Out. I think they're talking about Earth. <laughs> it seems like Earth is having some problems, man. Maybe Amos, too. He's down, but not out. Uh, he's re- way down. Oh, it's an ironic down, title. Down and then climbs out. Okay, you cracked the case. Good job, Boom. Nancy Drew. Uh <laughs> What what did you think of this episode? Half halfway through the season, by the way. I I remember yeah, already. I remember you saying that you were disappointed in the Amos action in the intro episode. And it sounded like you had good reason. You know, the book made a real meal out of it and we got a slideshow. Well but boy, the, the book doesn't Amos, make a meal, but I wanted to see it, yeah. A- Amos Amos pile driving, suplexing this guy into the void. Tiny. Yes. What a fucking the way they staged that was just classic Amos. Like he could have impaled himself on rebar. He could have just like uh-huh. gone six inches over and the center of gravity is off. And he go, and, you know, Amos doesn't care. He's he's got a limited amount of time to take the kill shot on this monster. And he fucking does. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I I liked it. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't know where they're going with the, the Amos and Peaches routine, but uh they are they are going somewhere, and uh, I, I I think it's interesting. I like I don't know where they're going with Bobby and Alex because it seems like yeah. they're just going to be on the drift with no way to get out. Um, and they're in a Millennium Falcon type situation. Where's their best been going to be? Where they go and the the refit the Rossinati? Maybe that's the answer. The Rossinati is flying again. They're coming. I yeah. yeah, yeah. I just thought this. This episode was another, you know, last minute saves like everything's like there was a four or five different cliffhangers resolved within this fucking episode. Hmm. Um, and all the stuff like, man, uh, uh, Dominique uh, Tipper. There's this one moment where she grabs that steak knife uh, knife at the table. and I'm like, oh, no, Naomi, don't commit suicide. And then she turned around and that look on her face. I'm like. Oh, this isn't this isn't a suicide face. This is a murder face, <laughs> and she really, really, really sold it. Um, I yeah, I, I I'm loving what I'm seeing. What do you think as a book reader? Yeah, I am too. This it doesn't feel like this is a super eventful episode, but it might be because I've read really most of these events. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it, it deals with the the personal toll that this is taking on Naomi, right, and this connection with Philip and and the stakes with Marco and I. I think like all that is is more personal. This is a very small plot with Amos, right? Just climbing out of a elevator shaft essentially is his entire episode. Uh, Alex true. and Bobby are just following another ship. There are some big revelations around that, right? Like what they're mm-hmm. they're doing there. They're trading Martian gunships uh, to the Belters for whatever reason or for for yeah, whatever. Probably uh, some cash. But yeah, I, I mean, so there are some big developments, but it, it's, it's not like oh, another rock has hit Earth, right? And and we see the the aftermath or how big that problem is actually going to be. Uh, I'm looking forward to when we do see that. But yeah, this feels like a small episode, but an, an engrossing episode, right? Yeah, and I, I like the, the they're continuing to give like uh, the reactions of the different belters. Uh, I, th- I thought Sakai yeah. was really good and in being interrogated, like all the things like I, I talked about last episode, the start, you know, the Star Trek, the next generation format where Picard lands on a, t- a planet that's being rocked by terrorists and the terrorists are all these cartoon and it's clear. But like, you know, when she's talking, it's not that what she's saying is a lie. It's just that, uh, you know, there is um, 
that's like it's it's just a lot of shades of gray there like uh this is probably not the best way to go about getting what you want and it's probably going to be a way to go about um making things worse but how do you tell a person that's been living in this environment that has family affected that's you know might know people that uh got killed by corporate greed and indifference that's the worst of it the indifference the fact that you don't even matter you know you're just a you're a rounding error in a spreadsheet that says it's okay for this amount of people to die because we can do the death benefit payout that's paltry and and the 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 books yeah. all balance like I really like how they have a really good actor and really good dialogue for these people who are the villains, you know, like, uh, sure. They're, they're villains. Sure. But they're the Magneto type of villains where it's like, yeah, it's God, their, their methods are terrible, but you understand why it's happening. Um, or at yeah, least you can that, empathize a little bit. You should be able to, you should be able to, because, you know, it's very yeah. easy to see Saki Sakai from a different point of view where like this is told from the uh, um, uh, point of view of the belters where this is like a Stargate situation. Like, you know, this is an insurrection. Uh, This is, this is a righteous thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is a propaganda. This is a pro belter propaganda speech and everybody's standing up and cheering as she's spitting in James Holden's face, the truth. And I think that's, um, that's really, that's really cool. It's like, I've never seen a science fiction show like this. No, it's why the writing on the show is so good and then the books are so good because like they they don't take a side so much as give you each side and let you decide where you stand on it. And and you can look at drummer and her crew stuff in this episode and say, okay, this is another take on it, right? They're they're kind of like radical moderates if such a thing exists. It's like they're not as radical as Marco's people. Um, They're not as moderate as someone like Fred Johnson who wants to, you know, take a, a more political path but also they th- their fears are more personal too because like this does stir up a shitstorm for belters in the, in the any belter who interacts with any inner at this point is going to have some stigma attached to them simply because they're belters and and that is that was already true now with marco doing this shit you have the potential for a lot of stigma a lot of violence toward them um no matter what their personal beliefs are, right? Whether they're out there oh, yeah. catching pirates, catching Belter pirates, uh, and and putting it into that, or they're out there helping Marco, it's it's mm-hmm. such, such a nuanced take, and it's from so many different perspectives that you can't help but fall in love with this writing. Yeah, no, counter terrorist work is just really tough, and like I, I I grew up reading Tom Clancy books, and Clancy was very good about always like humanizing, you know, like. Uh, um, you know, Muslim terror is like he did. Like I, I think of all the different villains mm-hmm. of the book. There's Muslim terrorists, there's Japanese nationalists, there was Timothy McVeigh, McVeigh type, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, fringe kind of lunatic government uh, insurrectionists in America. Um, you know, yeah, the Russians, the Chinese, and like he never. It, 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 the 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 thing I always got from the books, and these these are pretty conservatively written books, is that like it's always just people. Yeah, it's always just people like if you do things to people, they will react in predictable ways. And it's not like you get the, the, the point of that is like you can get paralyzed by it and be like, oh, my God, I guess we deserve everything. We just might as well let, lie down in a pit and die. Just let these people, you know, have their 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 way with us. But there's also the other thing where it's like you just tighten your fist even further and you pound harder. Mm-hmm. And there's a way to where it's like, well, OK, we have to minimize the damage, but also recognize the damage we've done and how we can do better in the future, which is that's broadly speaking, the kind of the holding path, the synthesis 
between the two different sides. Where do you, where's the daylight between those positions? How can you thread the needle through them? Yeah. It's great. It's great. I, I, I love this show. No, we talked briefly about like Fred being dead and Holden wanting to somewhat step into his shoes. What does that look like? I'm super interested to see where they go with that. We don't really get any of it this episode, but coming up, it, yeah, he's going to be super it, interesting. And it does seem like it's all, it's like hunt down these people like animals, vengeance. Like there's not a lot of shades of gray with James Holden this episode. Like where Rossi's going hunting and we're going to fucking, you know, yeah. uh, retribute like like bull bull didn't need much talking into and you know you think about like probably three quarters of the planet of earth and mars are kind of in that like hunt these people down like animals uh they're you know yeah uh, and that's a very visceral uh, and immediate feeling and it's 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 very targeted too right it's not just targeted at belters because i think james holden knows better than that yeah but it's targeted at marco and the people who uh, you know perpetrated these atrocities Right. The, the part that's going to be interesting is how does he integrate that anger um, and that fear for Naomi and like all of the stuff that's going on here. How does he integrate that into a more uh, well-rounded view of the belt and the system in general going forward? And they do such a good job of showing like, you know, like uh, when the the drummer faction, which I love, there's a drummer yeah. faction now. Uh, they're debating about like all this and you hear all these different perspectives and people are, you know, um, these are you know pretty sympathetic belters, but there's one of them that said, uh, you know, there was there's celebration. People were dancing in the streets of Ceres and another belter says, well, I don't believe that. And then said, mm-hmm. like, well, regardless of you do, a lot of people on Earth and Mars are going to exactly. just like, you know, I, I, you can think of like all the different like terrorist attacks that have gone on in the Western world and the reactions to the quote unquote Arab street. And it's so easy to see that this is exact. Yeah, the truth like how many people were dancing? Was it a few dozen, a few hundred out of a country of millions? Was it a hundred thousand? You know, like the truth doesn't really matter. The fact that someone's, you know, you can find the most extreme reaction to a, an atrocity, film it, show that five second clip for 24 seven uh, and just whip people up into a frenzy. Oh, yeah. Paint an entire people always with work. It. Yeah. And it'll always work. It'll yeah. always work. And I don't. Yeah. Because it's uh, it is offensive. Like that context is offensive. And what ends up happening is, is you have sides saying that like they only look at the what the the worst that the other side's doing and they only look at the best of what their side's doing and it's just a it's a it's a shit show race to the bottom and i don't know how that's the thing it's like i'm starting to wonder kind of like i did in late stage game of thrones like i used to ask a question on that podcast like what is martin playing at like what is dan and ty playing like what is there going to be their thesis like is there a solution to this or is it just going to be essentially 21st century politics in the 24th century with the same sad, sad uh, play out? I don't know because like, it seems like that's exactly what's going to happen, but we'll see. And I would love to know like, what's their thesis for how to pull out of it. But um, yeah, lots, that's all good lots, questions. Of, lots of season, lots of season left, lots of uh, season six left, all of it, in fact. So. It, yeah. And I, when I look at that and I go, hmm, OK, we got a, a season and a half left of this show and I know where the books end. I'm thinking they need to pump the brakes a little bit. And and an episode like really? this serves to do that. You know, it's not like we're not moving the plot forward. Um, hmm. There are things that happen here, certainly that, that like the uh, saving of the Rasinante by Naomi that moves the plot forward. Yeah, I was a say, bit. It seems wild to describe this as not much happening. Cause I would like, just like, my God, there's like four different, like the, the last minute call to the Rasinante, the daring escape from the prison. Uh, I, I think it's that we sit, we spend so much time with small groups of people and they're doing mm small 
things, right? Like Drummer is just essentially integrating the news uh, for this entire episode of, of the attack on earth. Um, yeah. You know, Amos is, like I said, climbing out of an elevator shaft that doesn't move the plot forward very much, but there's a lot of time spent on it in the episode. Um, you could move a lot faster, but they need to kind of move a little slower uh, if they've got yeah, a season and a half I'm, to I'm go. I'm fine with this pace. If this is what it is, because it seems like, yeah, it's uh I thought last season was bad. Every episode ended on a cliffhanger. This thing's got like four cliffhangers per episode. And it's like it's like I said, all I could do not to hit play on the next episode because Bobby and Alex floating on the black. What the hell? What's going to happen? So, yeah, man. All right, let's get into the recap. Uh, We start off the episode with drummers seeing the news about Earth and Fred. uh, She's pissed at herself for letting Marco go when she could have killed him. And she's thinking about Naomi. Yeah, I I thought this was an incredible moment. Um, It's very few times in life where you can be like, this is my fault. Like, not even unambiguously. I had this man. I could have blown him out of a locker. Now, whether that would have stopped the plan or not, but like, it's plausible, you know? Oh, for Um, sure. Yeah. And like to be on that clearly on that side where it's like, well, this side, uh, you know, millions and millions of people have died and those systems plunge back in war. And now my people are going to be hunted down like dogs versus I blow this smug asshole out to airlock and deal with the minor, relatively minor political fallout of that. What I don't even know what you do. I don't. I think Drummer is one of the most fascinating individuals on the show now because she's trying to be so strong. And she's got so many conflicting. She didn't need a reason to go get out revenge on Marco. But now, holy shit, she's got a, a bunch of reasons. Um, oh, yeah. And Marco, what do you think about this? Marco calling a meeting, consigliere meeting with the drummer faction. Uh, the heads of the five Belter families are going to the meet up. The drummers, the black sons, the the spicy meatballs. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, the, 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 the Belter kibbles. Uh <laughs> I'm not sure exactly where they're going with this, but this might be one of those mildly interesting situations Hmm. um, that I have to recuse myself on. It strikes me as a bad idea to meet with this guy who you don't know what his power levels are. You don't know how many ships he's got. It seems like what you should do. But on the other hand, it might be an equally bad idea to refuse his hand of potentially friendship. Um. But, you know, I would rather yeah. reject that hand from a million kilometers away uh, with my then fleet of three burning, bur- burning uh, in the opposite direction and trying to get some space than I would like there in the spider's lair. So Fair. I really I don't know what the right move is, but like it feels like uh, it also the looks on everyone's faces on the crew seems like they feel like this is a very doomed dread type of thing that they're doing. So. Yeah, I do but, wonder uh, if it's going to cause any contention among the crew. Um, are, are there going to be disagreements not only about the uh, the effects of the the asteroid attack, but also oh, just like whether or not they should be doing the things they're doing in response? Yeah, very clearly you got a crew divided, and that's that's kind of yeah. interesting because you know this this reminds me of uh, you know switching uh, perspectives. You had that in the American Revolution, you know, the loyalists versus the people that sure. wanted to separate versus the ones that were willing to take up arms to, to do it. Like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we should definitely get our independence, but I don't know if I want to kill 100 redcoats for it. Like mm-hmm. seeing that play out on the faces of, of drummers crew in real time, you know, uh, I think I think that's that's really interesting. 
So every, everybody can let out that breath they've been holding for a week. Uh, Amos is live, and both he and Claire are climbing out of uh, the prison shaft. They're, they're, they're still alive. The prison's falling apart around them. They uh, He convinces a guard to open the door for him and let Claire go with them. Um, and then they make their way to the stairwell, which is completely destroyed, and they pick up a few guards along the way. Uh, they can't get the elevator shaft door open in order to escape up the maintenance ladder, so they get a, what I can only describe as a cyborg prisoner, this guy named Konachek, uh, who will later label him as Tiny, so I'm going to I'm gonna call him that the whole episode. Uh, he opens it up, but there doesn't seem to be a ladder inside. I thought this stuff was so well done. Like, this is some, you know, Warhammer 40k shit. This, this, this cybernetically modified behemoth just ripping these doors open and the way they sold it just with, you know, this guy's obviously a big, strong guy, but he's got like visible cables and like hydraulic systems yeah. bursting out of his skin. Like it's just really well visualized. And I think some of that stuff can look chintzy. Like we've all grown up in the eighties and nineties and we've seen where they go super glue erector sets in people's face. <laughs> and that's sure. a cyborg, you know, like it's pretty pitiful shit. Some bunch of late, this is just really, really well done. And they really sold the feat of strength that he was doing to the extent that like I was, I had a little minor problem that this guy can just rip these steel doors open with two, like, like, you know, bowling ball grips, uh, bullet holes. Um, mm-hmm. Does he have the leverage to do that and whatnot? But I, I, I thought the, the physical performance and also it's, it's Chekhov's confrontation. The second the Amos starts up with this tiny shit and I'm like, I don't know if this is a fight that Amos can win. Like Amos is a badass, but he doesn't have like fucking pistons sticking out of his deltoids. He doesn't have a smoke, sure. a diesel smokestack coming out of his ass. Like, uh, and then the way it ended, God, so satisfying. Oh yeah. Yeah. In the book, they, they paint this guy as, as they, they paint Amos as knowing this guy's going to be a problem right off the bat. Like just taking one look <laughs> yeah. at him. Cause that's Amos, right? Like he can right. size you up in an instant and this he does that on Konachek. Yeah, I thought that I, I I thought it's really cool. And um, I also thought it was very interesting how Amos just has gotten he he's taken to this uh, political maneuvering like a duck to water, like he's throwing his political weight around left, right and center. Um, yeah, it might help that I think broadly speaking, the guard, the guards want to go along with him like they kind of want to get the fuck out of there, too. Um, oh, yeah, they're not dumb. They can look around and see what's happening. <laughs> Although it is, it's like another one those at really ethically is like as cool as it is to see Amos choke slam his way to victory. Um, they're leaving a lot of people down in that hole to die. For you sure. Know? Uh, I thought there yeah. might be like a humanitarian mission, but that's not this show and that's not who Amos Burton exactly is. So, yeah. Also, I mean, yeah, so many people have died at this point. Is it? It's the churn. It's the churn. <laughs> yes. For sure. Well, he's this is the biggest, this the mother philosophy. of all churns, right? It sure is. It really is. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I took, imagine holding a Naomi here and they're like, you know, dragging 60 people with them and they're, right. you know, like Amos is like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. It, it harks, harkens back to like Eros, right? When they're trying, they're yeah. going through the tunnels of Eros and they're trying to get people out. It, is it Eros or was it? I think it yeah, was Eros. Eros. Yeah. Eros is the one that got infected. Yeah. Right. Um, and they're trying to save all these people. Uh, yeah. Amos is not not about to try that. Uh, I, I took a little uh, I had a little bit of a problem with this scene because I think Amos would know better. He says to Claire that when when she hurts her arm, that he's going to make a splint for her and then he makes a sling 
for her arm. Mm. Unwatchable. Yeah, I shut I shut the episode <laughs> off and I had to wait till the next day to watch it. No, no I'm kidding. Yeah, but, yeah. but I was surprised that Amos wouldn't. I don't. I don't know. Is yeah, that too nitpicky, it is, uh, or it's just something weird that I noticed? I don't know. Your your host partner here uh, gets shit wrong, <laughs> twisted up all the time. Maybe Amos has got that problem too. But uh, well, he's not known for it. So yeah. Yeah, uh, I do. I do love this guy that plays Tiny. Uh, yeah, I love how he's like he, the he's he's a really funny guy. Like when he's mm-hmm. like screaming, like let me out, let me out. And they open the door, and he's got guns in his face. He's like, oh, what's what's ha- what what's up? You know, like he's he's just really funny guy. And you know, later on, the, he yes. throws the guy off the ladder, or the guy falls. Like, yeah, what do you want, the guy? You know, he's been bitching about his legs for thirty <laughs> minutes. You know, like he's he's just uh, you can tell. Like Amos said, he's gonna be a problem. I mean, the highlight of this episode for me might be when the elevator falls, the elevator car falls, and it goes right right past him. And he's like, that's how you do it. Fuck you, God. You missed again. Missed again. (laughs) Try to hit me the asteroid. Try to hit me the elevator. What you got, big man? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, So Holden leaves a message for Naomi about the situation that he's in on Tycho Station. He's freaking out and he needs to know that she is okay. I'm actually so I still don't have a good handle on how devastated Earth is right now, because as yeah, far I as I know, we to. had we had a, a hit on West Africa. We had a hit over in Indonesia. We had a hit in uh, just north of Philadelphia. But the Montana grid has collapsed. Montana's a hell of a lot, a, a hell of a long way away from from Philadelphia. If you've looked at an atlas, uh that is like yeah. not beyond regional devastation. That's near continental def- devastation. Now, you know, what are we talking here? Is 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 it really down or is it just like, you know, like uh, this happened uh, a lot of disasters, you know, when cell phones gets get flooded and lines, there's not enough lines to go around. It could be that. But like I it really perked up my ears to hear that, like Holden's family in rural Montana is threatened by this stuff. Yeah, I, I, all of that is mildly interesting. And also, it's just such a great escalation of Holden. We talk about him being Eeyore, this whole, you know, like nobody's calling him. And, and now he's desperately trying to reach everybody and he can't get a hold of Alex, can't get a hold of yeah. Amos, can't get a hold of Naomi, can't get a hold of his parents. Fred's dead. The protomolecule's gone. Like, this is <laughs> I know, a man. low point for James Holden. For sure. Uh, so Bulls reprimanded by uh, reprimanding one of his guys for beating Sakai in her cell. Uh, Holden and Bull go in into her cell and interrogate her, and they want her to help them recover the sample, but she is not budging. She just says a lot of a lot of ominous shit, uh, which which we'll know more about by the end of this episode. Well, that's the thing when she says uh, she hesitates about telling Holden something, then says, "Never mind, see you when you get back." I didn't think much of that in the first time I watched the episode, right. but like the second time, that's ice cold. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He, he doesn't really bat an eye at it. Maybe like slightly, but more in like, oh, but this what is going to do some cold yeah, smack talk know. kind of stuff. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, uh, I love this. This is, uh, you know, like the James Holden's kind of like uh, this. uh uh, you know, this Osama bin Laden type. Osama bin Laden was not a a deprived person that grew up under a threat for his life. He was very wealthy from family privilege, highly educated. Why did he do the things he did? And like you can see the sockeye just spitting out that line about like and it's it's 
it's weird. It's it's one of the situations where you see people talking past each other. Like, I don't think that 99% of, you know, inners want the belters to be their pets and to only have their dreams put in bounds. But on the other hand, they let the 1% kind of do that and don't pay much attention to, like, we don't. We don't yeah. pay attention to where, where iPhones are being made and what factory conditions. We know it. We know it intellectually, but we don't allow right. it to change our decision-making process because, you know, we have a comfortable existence we want to maintain. And the, I just the, like, I continue to be amazed at how good the dialogue is um, and and how, again, it's not I don't want to people think that I like I'm on team Marco here. But like uh, you can see what I guess is I'm saying, like, if you're a young belter, try to think why you wouldn't be. Yeah. Like what arguments could you use to tell the like and and you can see that they've taken stabs at like uh, it's usually the older belters that have gone through this cycle before and seen what it gets them. It's the, uh, you know, uh, um, the ghost knife. It's the uh, Ashford Kloss. Like he's the one that's like, I've yeah, I've, I've been this and I've lost my family and it hasn't gotten anything. There's a better way. But um you know, there's not enough old belters, old wise belters to go around. And the young yeah, people they all say, die. shut up, old man, anyway. So throw them at the, the airlock. <laughs> bet there aren't a lot of old belters, period. Klaus, I, I felt like, was thing. the exception, right? That's the other thing, which is a, a sad commentary on the situation as well. Uh, so we go back to uh, Amos. Oh, wait, yeah. It wasn't clear to me. What would so Monica just with her eyeball mods happen to see a data pad that had the Zamea's flight plan on it, and no one knows that she's got this eyeball mod. So I, that, right. that's because I, I when they didn't really make it clear when Holden looks at the screen, it's like okay, it's time for the Rossi to go hunting. They didn't really make clear how that happened because I didn't see a scene where Monica like light eyes on the flight pan plan. Maybe it was there. Oh, it was but, there. Uh, yeah, it was there last episode. Oh, it was. Um, OK. OK. Yeah. Well, when they're like saying, hey, you're coming with us, get your flight suit on or whatever. Get your space suit on. Yeah. She looks over the shoulder of Sakai and checks checks out the flight plan. And um, obviously everything she sees, it's in photographic detail. So, OK, that makes sense. I kind of got it. I just didn't quite have all the connections. Um, yeah, and you you asked uh, you know the question about uh, you know what happens with Bobby and Alex at the end of this episode. How are they going to get picked up? And then you know you kind of are starting to piece together. Okay, well the Rossi is going can fly. It's going on yeah. the hunt. Um, they've got the flight plan. They're actively monitoring. Right. I, I think you're meant to you're meant to understand that the Rossi, that James Holden knows that the Zamea is out in the Hungaria group. And so that he he's following that out to where Alex and Bobby are going to be because they've been following them to the Hungarian group. That makes sense. That's where, yeah, that's like, because they know the real flight plan, right? There's like, there's like a line that shows their orbit, uh, their natural orbit. And then there's a, a jutting off point. And and Holden has the advantage because like, uh, it's funny because we just talked about this in the context of lethal weapon that like the whole gambit of like, well, they don't know that we're still the, they think I'm alive. (laughs) But in this case, because clearly if the belters knew that because like they're staying dark, they're not, you know, they're taking their time to get there because they think the Rasanani is going to mount up and explode. So they got all the time in the world. Rare instance where that actually might work in in the protagonist's favor, because if, uh, you know, it's going to allow the Rasanani to sneak up on them. Uh, I think maybe I, I wonder how much uh, Naomi sending that message is going to be like this double edged sword where she saves the Rossi, but she also reveals that the Rossi oh, is not right. dead. And yes. so James Holden yes. would be dead. 
Yes, which means Marco can tell the Zemea to like fucking floor it or uh, peel off, go to yeah. And unless uh, unless Marco assumes that they she got there too late or that Holden didn't get the message for some reason, but why would he? And, and, you would it would be safer to assume the other. Exactly, and you can't underestimate the show because it's all about moves, counter moves. No one has perfect information. What does everyone know? And then how? When did they know it? And how far away are they? Like it's it's a really complex situation they've woven here, and it all makes yeah. sense. No, that's real good. Uh, so then we go to Amos, and uh, the maintenance ladder is sealed behind the wall. So Amos has Tiny open it up. He he has a guard shoot a couple of bullet holes in it, and Tiny grabs it with his fingers and his cables and rips it open, and they start going up the ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, they He's start going up the ladder with um, one of one of the guards following him up, shooting the holes into the next panel yeah. so that he can rip that panel open. Now, I really like how they have this layered defense on the ladder, right? It's not like you can just right. open one panel and get up the entire ladder. If you look at the panels, they come down, but then they also come in to block the the path up the ladder. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it, I don't know how they open the ones. They never show Tiny actually opening one while he's on the ladder, right. which seems almost impossible because you talk about leverage on the ground. Well, what about leverage on that ladder? And how does he reach the bullet holes? Because it's I was at the top about. of the panel. And and I, I guess know. like he's just super strong. Also, like if this is it's probably not like this is like more of a uh, like the lock you would find on a cash box. Right. Yeah. Like it's not like a the six inch steel bar. It's just like a little thing. It's a it's a latch because they don't they don't they expect the prisoner not to know this is here, not to have the key. It doesn't even look like there's a flaw in the surface. So it might be some kind of weird remote disabled thing. But it's 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 clearly, you know, and, and the thing is, if, if uh, Tiny didn't have a gun. Uh, he wouldn't be able to do shit, you know, because right. there's there's nothing to do it. So it's like, I don't he know. Needs if, a guard's if you got help a system, to get out. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you got a system to wear and, and even like a single gun, probably as we found out, wouldn't get you all the way to the top. So it's like, I yeah, I, I felt like it all made sense except for if you buy oh, yeah. that this guy's strong enough to break through whatever is that latch mechanism. Um, you know, maybe it's designed like a tea cabinet. It's just got like a little bronze little latch thing. Sure, <laughs> and he's that just pulled it off, but. Uh, yeah, dude's uh, strong. He he's definitely strong. I'll give him that. <laughs> so Alex and Bobby are watching the news uh, and continue following the Park Heath. They're going to a group of rocks that Alex recognizes called Hungaria Group, which is closest to the inner planets. And Bobby insists they follow, even if it means revealing their that they are following them. Yeah, I actually looked up. These are a real asteroid group, and everything they say is true about them. The location, the fact that they're high albedo, uh, very bright. So if you're using scopes, it's going to white out, and you're going to lose the, the background detail. Uh, cool. Good I place to make how, an illegal like, what, exchange, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if, like, I was wondering, like, it's a chicken and egg situation. Like, Dan and Ty just like space, and they're, like, you know, just, just putting away all these details about the solar systems. Like, hey, this, this, this is cool. It sounds like a good place to make a, a illegal arms swap. Or is it like, do they do this weird location scouting? Like, well, we need to do a, a arms deal. Where would you do that out in the solar system? And they start looking for things. Like, I, I, I would love to, to know that. Yeah, do you do it opposite the sun, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. And we'll I also really liked the, the line, it like, really hit me. Like, this is the most devastating terrorist attack in human history. Like, this is... Yeah. And it's probably true. Like, uh, it kind of... I guess it kind of speaks well for humanity that we go 400 years without, you know, racking up a million strong terrorist death total. But, like, yeah, easily, 
easily. This is a uh, you know turning the page of human history. This is this is monumental um, on, on the the scale of the entire human history. I thought that was a really interesting point that that that, that gave the scene a lot of gravitas. All right, so Naomi is taken to the galley out on the Pella where her crew is uh, waiting for her. Uh, it, they call the, the the mess the galley, right? Is that a thing? Yeah, I think that's that's a, okay. that's a good thing to call it. The, sure. the galley, the kitchen, the mess, whatever you want to call it. Uh, mm-hmm. Marco invites her to eat with them and get to know her son, claiming she's not a prisoner. Uh, she's a guest, I'm sure. Uh, she walks out, and Sin is not happy with the way that uh, Marco's treating Naomi. In private, Marco asks Philip what he hoped to accomplish by inviting her there, but Philip isn't really sure. Marco tells him then not to let his feelings of anger or betrayal toward his mother rule him. This is fascinating stuff because I think Marco is playing a dangerous game. Like now that the reality of Naomi is here uh, and you're not just shadow boxing against the caricature villain that you've constructed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's uh it's an interesting situation because I don't I think that Philip's already kind of having some doubts about his father. Um you know, if he didn't, why would he bring his mother there if he if he believed everything that he was was it was told um even after Naomi confirms it, like why would he, you know, bring her all the way out here? There's got to be something unsettled in his mind, something that he needs to know about his mom and you know, I think Naomi is a good Naomi's a good person and she's also not soft and she's spunky and she's willing to make sacrifices for what she believes in every bit as much as her father or uh, his father. It's a really, really cool dynamic. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of a, a material that would be a little bit stronger than straw, but still not altogether uh, impermeable because like Marco is able to build a not quite straw mother here, right? <laughs> Out of Naomi, mm, uh, by telling yeah. telling Philip all these these things that aren't lies about her, right? She left, sure. and and Marco is yep. maybe spinning uh, his own reasons why she left, and he might not even be thinking he's lying about it because in his own head, I bet he has a different take on why Naomi left. Uh, oh yeah, than why she really left. So, sure. so the things that he's telling his son are not necessarily lies. And when Naomi comes back and starts to confirm a lot of those things, like you said, the the gears in Philip's head are, I, I don't know what they're doing because so much of it is being confirmed and he's got this eight, I don't know, 17, I don't know how old he's supposed to be, like 17. Yeah, 16, 17 is what I kind of took it. Uh, he's got 17 years of, of being told that his mother abandoned him for whatever reason. Uh, and you can see, like, you know that Marco, when they're watching a news feed and you see Naomi there with James Holden, look at your mother sleeping with that earther on this right. Martian starship, getting paid all this money. Like, you know, when when he said, Philip said, like, you ever, you confirmed everything my father said about you in episode three. I knew, I knew that was happening. But, like, also... You know, there's got to be some because like, you know, like I, I think that you are become aware that your parent is manipulating you at around this age. You start to be, you know, you're moving out of the little kid patterns and starting to think in it and feel for yourself. And, you know, it's the stuff that like Naomi said about like I was hoping that big bear. What's his name's name? Sin. I think it's sin. Sin. sin yeah. Uh, that like, you know, I hope that you would rub. Maybe this old man has rubbed off a little bit more on Marco or I mean, um, uh, Philip. So. It's a very complicated situation, and I could totally see him put pulling an Anakin Skywalker and returning, you know, doing doing redemption turn. Um, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get but plenty also more. See of that. A, I also see a tragic death that's going to really fuck with Naomi. It's it's uh, anything's possible. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing I, I like about the show too. Like I know how all of this turns out, but also the show pulls uh, some wild cards out of its pocket every they once do. in a while with they, Fred yeah. Johnson. So like, sure. Why not? Uh, I have no idea what the show is actually going to do with this. So Naomi gets invited to uh, work on the ship with Sin and she's less than receptive and gives him a lot of grief about letting Marco commit this atrocity, uh, both, you know, against Earth, but also against her son um, and poison his mind. And then Sin reminds her of the plight of the Belters to try and justify what they're doing. And and he's clearly conflicted as well, you know, and I don't think he's 100% on board with murdering millions of people, but he sees it as the the greater good for the Belters. Yeah, there's the this one line where, that I thought was really really good from the big man where he's like, you know that the inners aren't going to share with this and, and we can't go get it ourselves. You, I saw the news feeds. You went down there, try your body. Couldn't take it. That's going to be how most of the belters are. So like we are physically excluded from this wealth and we're not going to get the profit from like, it's that's, that's a really good argument. Now, now, you know, Naomi gets the, the 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 moral victory and the high ground at the end of this, as she should, where, you know, he's like, you know, he's trying to, you know, you understand he's trying to build this for all the children of the Belters. He's like, but he's doing it on a river of blood. And yeah. that's the thing. Like, that's what restarts the sequence. Like, even if you, like we talked about the last episode, even if Marcos gets what he wants and Earth and Mars are under his heel, that's only going to last a generation or two before the Earth and Mars learn how to fight back and start like when they have nothing to lose, they're going to st- and you do. You're the one in the comfortable, cushy position. Mm-hmm. They start fucking with you. Um, yeah. yeah so it's, I, it's, it's super it's interesting because like th- this Belter free Navy that he's putting together um, using Martian ships, it's like. The, the plot, the, the plan here for Marco is far more nuanced than or, or far more. Uh, reaching, I guess, than you would have expected just from a, a loose faction of of crazy belters. Um, he has put together mm-hmm. an, a legit navy with a bunch of Martian gunships. It, oh, the the only navy in the the system now, because they've dismantled the Martian one to and took it over, that could challenge Earth, right? And and when you look back at uh, the stuff we've seen going on, the the barely tenable peace between Mars and Earth when this whole thing started um, because of the Martian gunships and the, the fear of those, right? Um, mm. That's kind of what lends any sort of credibility to the idea that Earth doesn't just mount a counterattack that immediately destroys the quote-unquote free Navy. Right. So I, that yeah, and being and able to did. find them out, out there. And here, so here's my two big questions. And they're kind of related. Um, I thought it was really, and I meant to mention this in the last episode, but like, you know, they gave this Marcos this mission statement about like, you know, we're going to take our belter culture uh, and we're going to, we're going to perfect humanity with it. And it felt like a really, uh, in, in like, you know, a mirror image of what the Admiral Salvatore said about Mars. Like we have to take the dream of Mars and remake humanity in its image. Like everyone's got this thing. Yeah. Where is Marcos getting the money for all of this? And what does Mars know yeah. about? Because, like, I, I wonder if, like, Mars, like, a, a significant faction of Mars has thrown in with the belt and seeing that, like, you know, we actually can't win against Earth. So the enemy, my enemy is my friend. Uh, I Because I just felt that was really interesting how very parallel those speeches went. And the fact that Marcos, like, the Belters, what do we know about them? They're dirt fucking poor. They have no political. In- how the hell are they making it worth Mars? 
uh, effort. Like even, you know, if this, if, if this is just about making a buck, how are they justifying the purchase of multiple frigates, you know? Uh, how are they bankrolling the, this? Right. I could see stuff like, uh, uh, you know, power suits, uh, pa- power armor and, and, you know, radar equipment and, and light sure. arms, uh, stuff like that, where you could say, well, they're getting it dirt cheap. Like they are dirt poor, but they're getting this dirt cheap because right. people are defecting. Right. Uh, right. And they're just taking the, the shit, they're selling it to them and they're going through the ring gate. Like they don't care. Get $80 or, or give them, I mean, give them the supplies to, to fend for themselves and survive on new planets. Right. I mean, the belt could yeah. probably do that. They have a lot of experience creating systems to keep you alive in harsh environments. <laughs> so giving them that tech, uh, giving them those supplies in exchange for a, a fleet maybe happens, but I, I don't see where Salvatore ends up in this whole thing because he does yeah. not seem like a guy who just wants to go to a new world with a, a bare bones survival package and try and set up shop for the next 300 years, right? And I want to take it for granted that whatever he's doing, he thinks it fits in with his image of being a patriot of Mars. I don't think this guy's just turned yes. like mercenary trader. Um, I see him as kind of like... Well, uh, and that's... The Ed Harris in like The Rock, you know? Okay. Yeah. Like Ed Harris didn't just decide to become a terrorist. He had, you know, he he's he's doing something for a reason. And also he had lines he wouldn't cross. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe this guy, it, it, it happens. It definitely happens. But also if it's that, where is the money coming from? Where are the supplies? Um, it well, can't be coming from the... I think the big question around Savitaire that I have is, what does he mean? Um, keep the spirit of Mars alive when... Mars is dying. Mars as a thing, as mm. a planet, is dying, right? Uh, it's being picked apart. Because if there's no Mars, your definition expands of what keeping Mars alive means, right? You might be the guy to keep Mars alive by going out and colonizing a planet, I suppose. But that seems very yeah. small thinking Cause, cause it, in, it in terms what- of his rhetoric. Right, like in like Marco thinks of the belt as like that parable of the more you share, the more your bowl will be plentiful. Like we are essentially everything is uh, is uh, community driven. Uh, uh, it's it's all like you know one for all, all for one. Mars is more on the rugged individual side of things. Absolutely. Very tough, being deprived, not because we are being taken advantage of, because we chose to live this way. We chose to live this way so our children can have a better. Um, and those are, you know, interesting because I think that's a very di- they're they're two diametric diametrically opposed viewpoints. So why would they be working together? Like I said, that's I, that's the the big thing, and it might be one of the fatal flaws of Marcos if he is underestimated his allies or vice versa. That could really change the the equation real quick. For sure. Um, th- there's an Easter egg in this scene that I wanted to point out before we leave it. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, Naomi is looking, uh, she, she's trying to figure out what she can do on the ship and she goes up to this panel and she unlocks it uh, or puts in her credentials or whatever and finds out that she's locked out of basically everything. She's locked out of right. uh, engine control and uh, navigate, all that stuff. There's one thing she, that she's not locked out of and it's labeled as doors colon corners control. It, it's like CRNRS underscore CTRL. Which, doors and corners. I'm not sure exactly uh, what they're trying to say with that, uh, other than it's just a fun Easter egg to put in there. Like you've got yeah, all these yeah. systems. Doors might be a system, so yeah, she can open control. doors and stuff in the in the corner control. <laughs> you got to watch them; they'll eat you alive. Sure will. 
All right, Tiny and the officer are still opening up the ladder, uh, and then this officer falls to his death, uh, or this guard falls to his death. Tiny <laughs> screaming the entire it. way. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty awful. Uh, they all climb up the ladder together now with uh, the other guards. Uh, way more sus of Tiny, and the elevator car falls, barely missing them. And beyond where the car was once, uh, they see daylight. But how can that be, Jim? There's a whole bunch of buildings still to go. Um, it's pretty clear to me, especially when I watched it again, that Tiny did kill this guy. I think so. Or it's yeah. awfully convenient that the guy fell when he reached zero bullets in his magazine. Uh-huh. You know? Uh, yeah, when the guy could no longer do anything to resist, he gets he gets chucked off the... Hey, maybe he um, lost, I do, I lost do wonder, hope. And, you know, I'm yeah. out of bullets. Uh, I haven't seen daylight. I'm end it all. No. And from my perspective, I was thinking, like, why wouldn't Tiny just co-op? But I'm like, from his perspective, he has to win because they're not. He doesn't think that when he gets to the surface, they're just going to let him go. They're going to use him and then knock some. Oh, they're going to knock yeah. some years off my per- thing. Well, I've just survived this asteroid impact. I can knock all the years off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think this guy lasts a week in freedom before he gets into himself in some more shit. But still, that's his thought process. And it seems seems sound for what it is. Yeah, not really knowing the state of of the upstairs, right? Like, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that changes. I think once they get to the surface and see the devastation. Um, but yeah, for now it's it's all good. So then Naomi makes herself some food when Carol comes in and tells her that Marco is never going to let her leave. Uh, this it changes Naomi's outlook a little bit. So she takes a knife from the kitchen, goes to the bridge to find Marco. Uh, she's going to try and stab him, but she's grabbed first by Philip and escorted out of the area. Then Philip claims uh, he saved her life by taking her, which makes her connect the dots on something Carol said earlier uh, about this Gabara code. And she understands that they're going after the Rossi. So it's funny because I, I was wondering why did they put this, um, you know, big uh, memorial to this ship, um, you know, the Amos sees on the moon. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't understand what. Well, here it is because they just want the, the, the it's pretty smart. Just like easing you back into like, oh, remember this and oh, make that connection. And also like Naomi got tricked into doing terror. It, 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 it's it's I think it was it's a cool way to handle it. Um, and it also led to me kind of like in real time figuring out what was going on the same time Naomi was because yeah. I felt like uh, whoever who, who's this character that's the sins partner. Carol. Um. Corral, mm-hmm. I thought she played her hand a little too. She she showed too many of her cards because yeah. I don't think Naomi figures that in this scene, but the next one she starts to realize, oh my god, they're doing the same thing because she even she says it's like, oh, you still feel bad about that ship? Well, I we might have to refresh your memory about it. Like, and also, no one's coming to save you. Oh, really? Not my boyfriend in a badass Martian gunship that survived countless encounters with other high tech, sophisticated fleets and stealth ships and stuff. Pretty confident in that. I, it's 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 cool. It's cool. Like the dawning horror of what's happening. Uh, I thought they did a really good job showing that. They do. Uh, I can't remember how much we know about this Gamara code in the show. She says it last year when she's sympathizing with what was her name? Felicia? No, not Fe- that's Felcia was her daughter. Um, oh right. 
uh, uh, the, the the one that blew up the those complicit in almost the exact same way of blowing up the the pad that the 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 settlers landed on the RC settlers. I can't remember uh, when she's empathizing with her. She talked about I think they she mentioned as a Holden, but also they she told the whole story about how okay. you know she wrote this code. It's kind of like a interesting exercise and you know marco took it uh without her knowledge and used it to blow up a ship so i i followed it okay, well cool. enough to know even though because i just read book four but it that's never ever comes up in the books uh, uh, book five book. It, it definitely comes up and so i okay. was wondering if the show had gone ahead and said everything the book five does which it sounds like it does if you knew all that yeah i felt i felt like uh they they, they put enough breadcrumbs that it didn't come out of nowhere for sure uh, anything else on that scene or keep moving? Nope. She grabs, grabs a knife. Oh, is this, is this part of the next scene? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, she grabs a knife and tries to stab Marco, but it doesn't work out for her. Um, Cause Philip stops her. And yeah, first none of this is played it, like they know what's going on here. So I, I think like Philip's just getting her. I wonder what they're doing on the bridge here. Um, that they're so engrossed in like, I don't That's think there's a, a battle question. going on, but they're coordinating something, and it is clearly like involving of two everyone. Perhaps, <laughs> yeah. But uh, are are they at that? I don't. Is that know. where they're I at? Know. I I don't know if they're How at that exchange. I, I, right. I, um, or they might be heading there, or they may be supervising it. Um, because last we knew, they were out at Palace I'm, Station, right? And then and then they left, took Naomi yeah. out to Marco's ship, which we don't, I uh-huh. think, know the location of that yet. Right. Um, I also disagree with your take. I think Philip knows exactly what Naomi was doing. And that's you why he so? said, I saved, I saved your life, you know? And I think he takes the knife from her too. That's oh, the okay. thing. Oh, he does um, take the knife. Yeah. I, I, I might've missed but that. It could be that it could be that she just didn't want to stab sin and she just crescent wrenches him to unconsciousness. But I took it to like when he grabbed her, um, that he, he, he took the knife. I'm not 100% on that, but I'm like, Okay. 85% sure that he knew what Naomi is trying to do. But it also maybe not because the way he just like chucks her off the elevator like, all right, you crazy kid, don't do anything else stupid. Isn't like what you do with a guy who just tried to kill your father. But well, I when he says I saved your life, I thought he meant taking her off the Rocinante, like bringing her here to palace, bringing her to the Pella. I thought it was she out was, of context she was so of this far scene. away the Rossinante like the idea that she would get back to the Rossi and strap in before maybe I yeah I don't know I thought it was like it was in reference to like if you had killed uh, my father it wouldn't have changed anything and you'd have been dead and no I, I mean from doing if leaking his location in the first place the thing that brings her to palace station um, oh, and making it wow. so that she's not on Tycho station when that's all this shit goes next down level shit if that's the case uh Man, I don't know. Right, don't know. because the whole I, plan I, is to kill uh, the Rossi with this code yeah, from, sure, the, from sure. the Gamara. And so normally Naomi oh, would have yeah, been on the Rossi. And a lot of, yeah, and well, I guess that makes sense with what Marco was saying. Like, you know, hey, you had uh, this kid. And, and we didn't talk about that, the fact that he knew this guy for 11 years and loved him. Like, I almost got the idea that they could have been that that guy he sacrificed in the first episode might have been a lover. Which guy? Um, The guy that, that gets his boot cough caught in oh the, right in, uh, when and, they and attack that science station yeah yeah exactly um i thought that they might even be and he was kind of making a compare and contrast like you did the hard thing there but then you brought your mother here and i just thought that was just like him saying you know you need your mom but you might be right that philip 
that's pretty fourth dimensional chess for a 16 year old. Yeah. And he seems less than thrilled that she's even there. Right. So why would he have called her there? Uh, yeah, I, there's something going on here that doesn't quite add up in my. OK, in my, my mind. take is that he saw that she had the knife and he stopped it, disarmed her and then threw her back like. But, but yeah, she could just go to the galley and get another fucking knife. <laughs> I might be wrong. <laughs> well, now she's locked out of the doors. She no, no longer has corners. control. Uh, I only got corners. She's just yeah. got corners now. <laughs> <laughs> they don't keep the knives in the corner. Uh, I think this is the point where if she didn't before she starts to realize the the uh, the stakes for Holden and the Rasanati because she like goes into full panic hyperventilate mode. She's got to have a plan. The, the, there was definitely a million dollar Naomi joke there that I just couldn't connect the dots on. But <laughs> okay, so, sorry, I apologize. Next time I'll be ready for the for that mm. random tangent. All right, uh, prison group makes it to the surface where they see the entire area completely leveled. Uh, Tiny decides he's going to make his move to kill all the guards and he kills one and then goes after Amos. Uh, Claire tries to use her implant, but it fails. Uh, just kind of <laughs> makes her woozy. And then Amos is saved mm-hmm. by the other guard shooting Tiny. He, uh, it, you know, uses that that distraction, essentially, of the gunshots to his chest to throw him down the shaft. Uh, then they give him a good racking first. Oh, right, right. <laughs> the destroy, destroy the man's testicles, the no doubt bionic testicles. And then just it's hilarious because when I say his stuff is 100 percent out of the book, he kicks this guy right in the dick in the book. Does too. Really? It's like and then throws him down that shaft. D- dude, 100 percent. This is this is very, I, very on book for Amos. I, I watched this at one o'clock in the morning and I like did a strangled whoop when I, cause it happened so fast. I'm like, God, Amos is getting choked saying, but he's not really scared. He's just going about trying to chop this guy down. How's this going to work? I thought Mel, um, uh, Clarissa was going to, you know, get enough strength to do, but then they happened so quick, him racking that guy and then chucking him over his shoulder down. The, and, and like, I'm like, I, I saw I rewound it like 10 different times. I think it's an impressive stunt. Clearly, it's probably something yeah. like, you know, he just just they they composited all this stuff together. But it mm-hmm. looks so real. Um, the stunt looks so real, like he's really about to flip over backwards. Uh, yeah. God, I just I just love it. And there's no hesitation. It's just as soon right. as he got free rack pile drive. <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so he tells this guard to go find her kid. And she does. And then when she leaves, Claire Claire's sitting there enjoying the wind, which which I would have to think would be a not altogether enjoyable wind, given <laughs> the the events of, of recent the asteroid uh, wind blowing in. Yeah, the probably lethally hot asteroid wind. <laughs> yeah, that Santa Ana's are always talking about the hot, dry wind, and that's it's probably it's like Santa Ana's only worse. Oh yeah, um, but, but it also, feels great uh, to her. Good time for hysterical laughter because yep. Tiny and uh, Clarissa got to indulge in a little bit of uh, cracked villain laughter uh, at Earth's expense here, which I thought was kind of interesting. It was, was kind of fun. Yeah, she doesn't really know what to do now. Uh, and Amos just gets her to her feet and they head out. I, I was So is this a, her twitchy and kind of like, you know, is this, is this just a conflict between the suppressors and the activators happening? I think so. It's like just random shits firing in her body and it's going to be for some time. Yeah, okay. seems like it. Um, All right. I was less than impressed by the the devastation, the shot of the devastation that they show. It is essentially what amounts to a bunch of styrofoam cut out building parts. Um, 
and waves like a blood orange sky uh. every they do it twice where they start to pull the camera back and the music swells and then then they cut to the guard and it's a very small shot of her saying blah 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 and they do it at the end of this scene and they pull back again and they never get farther than about you know t- 10 meters from these characters and you just don't see right. much at all i was looking forward to the big pull out like like yeah. a lunar base you, you know a level city yeah, kind of like pull keep, out keep pulling into low orbit or something yeah i, I wonder because like the one thing i because i was looking to and um i'm really interested to see what this looks like in the full res because i think there might be in the background some stuff that will stick out that if you got a 1080p other than the stepped on product 720 that we're getting here because it's not just 720 it's a really fucking squeeze those bit yeah, rates until they scream 720 i don't know why you would put this foot forward for a, re- a review copy but that's the way they do anyway um i'm i'm interested because it might be a little bit better but yeah i i agree um, and it's funny because they do, they keep on changing the introduction. Have you noticed that now a, there's an asteroid impact that happens during the credit sequence? And we do get that kind of like low yeah. Earth orbit shot of like the devastation of some of the Earth. Um, and that's so I assume a lot of people thought, oh, maybe this is like a, a war that might have happened. Uh, and mm. this explosion that they show in the intro is that or, or mm. nukes or some kind of conflict. But yeah, it's the explosion from the asteroid. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, I wonder if we'll ever get like that really is like because I, I still don't feel like I know how fucked up Earth is yeah. and whether they got are they going to get all the rocks now that they've they've kind of got it beat with the watchtower system or is that like a one out of 10 kind of chance or I, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I'm looking forward to it and I thought this was where we'd get it. But I guess not. Mm. All right. Uh, holding a bull board the Rossi along with their new crew and they wait for the Samea to fire up its engines and give away its position and we find out the bull is going to be the new Rossi pilot any chance that's fun that's the, fun is there any chance the bull remains the Rossi pilot for the rest of this series if Cass Anvar is not coming back in season six is it is it possible that this is a permanent replacement and although I will say I see, the I timeline can, is weird that. I could see that being a reshoot too, because like there's not that well. No, there was a lot of scenes with Bull and him. Hmm. I don't know. I, I'm just I thinking mean, like it's it's something that they're doing to put someone else in the pilot seat. So I immediately connect the dots, but it might not be there to connect with the timeline of shooting and and coronavirus. Yeah, or it's, and it's one of those things where it's like whether they intended that to work at, or not. It's kind of a shoe in because Fred's dead. There's no reason right. why he would stay on that station. They've established him as a pilot. Um, you know, they want to get rid of out. Al- they want to get rid of uh, the character of Alex. Well, if not the character, the actor portraying him. Yeah, uh, I like this guy. I don't like him uh-huh. as good as 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 the Alex character, but like that would work. That's a plausible theory that they could just roll like, okay, well, Bull's just going to stay on as the pilot because Alex and that would also pay off the, you know, um, you know, conversation he had with Bobby about like, I hope someone's there to take care of my because like I I did think that was a little bit of like death foreshadowing for him when Hmm. I was watching it Um, because I also didn't rule out and, you know, you can mildly interesting it. But like I also didn't rule out the fact that like the reason that a lot of people weren't freaking out about the Cass Anvar situation as much as I thought they were is that like maybe he gets killed in book six or something and they could just advance that timeline. Um, Mildly interesting. 
Yeah. That's all you so, get. So, like I said, because like I, I, I was wondering whether Alex makes it out of the season when he starts talking about like, oh, I sure wish there was somebody there for my kid to hold his hand and teach him how to be a Martian <laughs> man and decline. And it does seem boy, like it seems like some a father yeah. could do, but uh, you know, I just I got a bad feeling, Bobby. Like I'm not going to be around. I'm, Nope, it could be ironic foreshadowing, but it's all mildly interesting to me. Hmm. All right, we'll see. Uh, so then Naomi helps uh, send with his repairs, and they talk briefly about uh, Philip's motivations as the Rossi's drive powers up. Uh, time's running out, so Naomi bashes Sin with a wrench and uses his terminal access to send Holden a warning not to start the Rossi's drive. Holden shuts down the just reactor in just in time. time. Yep, hmm. and finds out that Naomi is being held by Marco but he can't track necessarily where the message came from. This is another thing that makes me think he's going to head out to where the the exchange is happening because they do. Yeah. That's the only lead they have, right? Like he knows Naomi is in trouble. He knows uh, that he has some lead on Marco or at least mm-hmm. the free Navy forces. Um, follow it. See where it goes. Yeah, there's a lot of fun possibilities here because, like, number one, the Rossi just got out of dry dock, so it's spiffy and shiny, but it sounds like it's going to go right into harm's way. Uh-huh. But also, they had this kind of, like, a little bit of a foreshadowing where Holden's like, you know, there's more to driving the Rossi than, a, you know, driving a mudsled or whatever the dropship is, and Bull's like, yeah, whatever. I wonder, because, like, you know, Alex has always been um, kind of a ballerina out there. Yeah. You know, doing the slingshot maneuvers, doing the complicated twisting cover stuff. I wonder if Bull's going to be much more of like a like a a sled driver. Like Mm -hmm. he's just going to go right. Like he's just going to bully his way in there, get into the center of the thing and and use the Rossi's firepower. I I wonder if there'll be a clear contrast in the styles. It seems like they're setting that up, especially since Bull kind of is that guy anyway. I'm, I'm, you know, the you know, his nickname's Bull. That's that's usually, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Sonny Corleone kind of thing. He's he's not a tacti- a brilliant strategist or tactician. And there could be some hilarious, uh, you know, some comedic tension between him and Holden yeah. as he's piloting the Rossi sure. head on into danger. And he's not yeah, certain his of his ship. capabilities. And also, right. his strategy is uh, a little unorthodox. Yeah, mm-hmm. could be interesting. Uh, I, I find it hilarious when... Naomi gets muted essentially like somebody mutes her zoom call here <laughs> when she goes into oh, isolation well, and, mode in and, her cell. Yeah. And some of the show does so well compartmentalizing what the characters know because she doesn't even know whether what she did worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and Holden doesn't quite know where she is, even though he knows now that she's in danger being held by Marco. Uh, so we head out to the Hungary asteroid group where Alex and Bobby lose the bar Keith and have to find them again. Um, and they do. They find a uh, belter ship meeting with them. Uh, meeting with Martian ships, actually. And the Barkeith leaves and they realize that the escort ships are the trade goods. Uh, and then Alex's pinnace gets made. <laughs> so they turn on the juice and get the hell out of there. Uh, fortunately, the ship fires a missile at them and jams their comms. And they can't outrun it. So instead, Alex decides to dump core and let the missile hit that. But it leaves them on the float. Like it permanently, like it, it took off a chunk, like an important chunk of the rear sh- ship too. Like I, I saw something strike one of the fins and like knock it off. So I, I wonder what they're going to do. Oof, yeah. uh, also, you know, I, I bitched quite a bit about the the scene of Avisral and Bobby jetting around in a Razorback because I didn't think they they sold this, the G's, and I don't know this, what they man. did. Whether it was CG or they like scotch taped some some <laughs> fishing line on their face, but like they really sold the G. Like I got no yeah. complaints. 
this is what I, I was talking about when I I mentioned it last episode. How they did something in this episode? Yeah, the the skin being like pressed back on their faces. And like, you know, that's that's all it took. That's all it took. I don't know whether it's them contorting their faces or they did some kind of practical thing or CG stuff, but it really did look like they were undergoing an experience and they really sold the action of like how hard it would be to put put, punch that panel. And uh, it's hilarious. Yeah. So so I think that there's a lot of good acting going on here, too. Like when Bobby mm -hmm. is like speaking in chopped sentences because she can't get her air into her lungs fast enough. Right. Uh, that's got really 14 good. G's sitting on your chest. It can't hard to breathe. Uh, but then I, I remember the scene that they showed uh, of how the Epstein drive was created and how the whole problem, mm -hmm. uh, the, the thing that sent this motherfucker out into space with no return is that he couldn't lift his arm high enough to turn the thing off because the G's were so uh, high. You would think that after that incident, after the inciting incident, they would redesign their controls to maybe be able to dump core without having to lift your arm against incredible g-forces yeah it might be something on the armrest or the crash couch itself for yeah. like basic basic survival things uh, safety yeah. cutoffs that you maybe have to manually override i'd i don't Especially know racing something. pennants because like you know usually on racing you know uh which has more safety gear, a race car or a Honda Civic? Like it depends, like <laughs> much more airbags type thing. But like in terms of seat belts and head retention systems and crumple zones and just yeah. things that, you know, fuel cells instead of gas tanks and uh, emergency cutoffs and stuff. Usually the race, you know, the, the, the racing stuff does. So I kind of feel you on that one. Sure. Yeah. Um, and they mostly I, think through all the implications of this stuff, but I think that is a modification they could have done. I want to I want to retalk because one of the things they they mentioned in the beginning of last episode when Bobby and and um, Alex were talking about the 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 Mars politics of this that like the implication of a uh, a supply ship and two entire frigates staffed with Martians implies a much larger conspiracy. Well, if they're actually selling those frigates and we know you can slave like ships to another ship, to, like, you know, like like Alex did with the yeah. uh, the Razorback in the, the previous season. Is that roll back those statements now that like it could be just a very small crew, dedicated crew that has remote control of these ships? And they're just like, this is essentially they're just tugging them into place and, and, and doing a blind drop. So like it might not be an entire Mars because the way they structured it, the yeah. fact that like two frigates, although two frigates is walking off the lot mm -hmm. people would notice i mean william h macy couldn't couldn't do that with uh, two crown vicks <laughs> and fargo for longer than four weeks before gmc found out like uh, maybe there is a, a big a much bigger uh, conspiracy but I, I feel like that yeah maybe maybe i'm supposed to understand that uh it might not be as far reaching as as we thought in the previous episode but but then again maybe yeah, I mean, there are, there are definitely ways to slave uh, ships without any pilots. Um, like, they do that with the pinnace in previous seasons. Mm -hmm. But also, um, if you look at what's happening with Drummer's crew, now that they've taken on, you know, Klaus's old ship and uh, and and had multiple ships and they have a very small crew, I, I think it's... Uh, is it Oksana? Is that her name? Um, I, I think Oksana is, like, piloting one of those ships by herself. And mm. we see a shot of it. when she, When she says, like, Oh, I, the you devastation get, has happened. Like, we need to get everybody together. We need to bring it. Yeah, yeah. In the one it's, it's just a very isolated shot, right? She's there mm -hmm. on the bridge alone, I think. So, yeah, you yeah. could see where they might have skeleton crews running these things, uh, much like the Rossi right. was running for years and years. Right. Like, what Still if they running, took on another ship you know? and had to? Uh, I, I feel like the Rossi is better crewed now 
with well with Tyco Station's like crew. Then I have a full compliment with this. This, uh, the, but that's okay. Yeah. So I, that's the other question I had. Am I supposed to worry that some of these obviously Belter crew is are are in on this scheme and there's going to be like another mutiny plot? Or I, if I were holding, I'd certainly is, be worried about that. Yeah. What if this is like a Martian Neo Belter movement that like, you know, we think that these frigates are empty, but they're actually fully screwed with Martians that see themselves as some kind of Neo Belter Martian that's thrown in with the Marco to yeah. like cut a deal for, you know, Mars to be part of the the the, the belt system. Because, uh, you know, we hate Earth almost as much as you guys. Right. I could see, again, the enemy of the, my enemy. So, like, I, I don't and, know. And don't when Mars is falling apart, this, a lot of people see the writing on the wall like Bobby does and just. Want to get everything? Get the hell out. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, sure. All that's possible. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the end of the episode. Good news. Now that we've recorded this, I can watch the next one. Yes, you can. Because <laughs> I really want to. I really want to. Hell yeah. Um, but this is where we're going to stop for now. Uh, we don't have feedback, obviously, because we recorded this in uh, episode four and five back to back. Uh, but you, if you want to send in feedback, you got any, because we, we've laid out a lot of theories and stuff, uh, send that in to expanse at baldmove.com. Uh, please try to mark your book spoilers if you want to do. In fact, I probably probably uh, should start having you compile the feedback for this. Yeah, I think that'd be smart. Uh, we might we yeah. might switch up who does the outline and who does the feedback here because, mm. yeah, I, I can't. We, actually, really if I remember, spoiled. we did that in years past for this very reason. OK, we'll we'll make it a thing then. We'll do it in the, the back half. You'll you do the outline. I do the. The feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Sound Sounds good. good. Sounds okay. good. Cause we might've dodged some, some book spoiler bullets. Uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, make sure you, you, you identify those. Cause I don't think you're going to spoil Jim, but you might spoil me and, and I'll try not to, to view them, but yeah, expanse of baldmove.com is where you send that in. Of course you got the forums, forums.baldmove.com. If you want to discuss things with your fellow fans, uh, but that's it. Uh, I, I, at this point, I'm not sure if it's going to be just before Christmas or just around New Year's. But anyway, uh, happy holidays. Have a very uh, happy New Year. And I can't wait to see you back in January. Also, don't forget that every si- Sunday on Sci-Fi Sunday, we do a live watch of The Expanse uh, with a whole crew, a whole whole bunch of uh, Expanse fanatics uh, at twitch.tv slash baldmove. So keep that in mind. Love to see you join us on those live watches. Uh, but that's it for us. Until the next year, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.